Hi, this is Cameron. And my name is Jorge Luis. Today, we have a special guest with us again, Hannah Zuck. This is a great opportunity of continuing to listen to those stories and what they do with Esme. So let's start now. Hopecast. Learning about the life and mission of education equals hope. Hi, this is Cameron Graham Vivanco. And my name is Jorge Luis Rodriguez. I am still the co-founder and director <laughs> of Education Equals Hope. And thankfully, I'm also still the coordinator for teams and training for Equals Age in Ecuador as well. We just want to break up the beginning for y'all so you know it's a new, a new podcast, a new yeah. episode. <laughs> Welcome back. We are uh, so excited to have our special guest with us again today, Miss mm-hmm. Hannah Miller-Zook. I like throwing her maiden name in there because I knew her when she was... She was that, but she and her husband, Josh, are awesome and doing awesome ministry down here. As you already know, if you've listened to our previous episode, um, Education Equals Hope exists to provide for the education of those in desperate and difficult places. And Hannah's ministry that she gets to direct, Esme and Slavery Ministries mm-hmm. Ecuador, is certainly one of those places where people are coming out of desperate and difficult mm-hmm. situations. So welcome back, Hannah. We're glad to have you. Thanks for having me back again. It's so good of you to come all the way back to the studio and be here again. (laughs) Um, So at the end of last time, we had just heard about the four areas of End Slavery Ministries Ecuador, and they are, I'll let you say them one more time. Yeah, so Casa Dalia, a residential home, Caminos de Libertad, non-residential services, Amadas, our street outreach to people currently in prostitution, and Esperanza, our jewelry workshop. Great. Um, And I had asked you a question in our last episode that we had to table until this one. And that question is, how does, how does one become trafficked? How, how does that happen? (laughs) Yeah. So I think that that is a super big question and (laughs) I will try to tackle it as best as I can. Um, I think that when people think of someone being trafficked, they think that they got kidnapped Mm -hmm. on the side of the road and you know, dragged in, forced into labor or prostitution. prostitution. Mm -hmm. And the reality is, is that the grand majority of people, it's not that situation. Um, So there are a lot of factors that they've looked into that make someone more vulnerable to being trafficked. And so a trafficker will fill a need. Um, And so, for instance, someone that's homeless or on the street, they're vulnerable because they have a need for a safe place to live. And so someone that sees that need and is on the prowl Mm, to take mm -hmm. advantage of someone can say, oh, they're on the street. And then they build a relationship and show, try to show that they're a trustworthy person and say, I want to take care of you. I want to love on you. You can come live with me. I won't, you know, judge you for any of the reasons maybe why you're out on the street that maybe your family did or whatever. And then come to find out as they're grooming them and as the process continues, that they're actually then forced to um, be in prostitution or to be in a situation where they're working without pay. Um, So that would be very typical. Another typical is actually like people think that trafficking has to be across borders or that's what we think of. Like Mm -hmm. from, so people are trafficked here at Ecuador from Venezuela and Colombia typically. Um, But the grand majority of people we work with are Ecuadorians Mm -hmm. that you don't have to be 
go across borders for you to be trafficked. That's not part of the definition, actually. Mm -hmm. And so someone can be actually in their own home being trafficked. Their parents can be trafficking them because it's the use of force, fraud, or coercion uh-huh. to for someone else to be gaining something monetary or um, some benefit and taking advantage of you in slavery. Okay. Um, and so... Yeah, a mom could be prostituting her own daughter in the house, mm-hmm. and that daughter is like, I don't want to do this. And I was like, too bad. This guy is going to protect us. So this is, like, actually a specific situation that we worked with that the mom was prostituting her young daughter, mm-hmm. and daughter didn't want to do it. And yet it was mostly to one man who was providing protection for the family. It was a very... um very unsafe area. Mm-hmm. And so protection, food, um, and even paying their rent a lot of times. And oh. so she said, well, if you don't sleep with him as a preteen, 11, 12 years oh, old, Lord. this adult man, um, he's going to stop protecting us. He's going to stop providing for our whole family. And so it's all on you. This yeah. Is... And you have no choice. Wow. So okay. that's, I mean, <laughs> I think that a trafficker can look so many different ways that we all think this like guy with a trench coat and creepy you know like (laughs) this creepy dude and like oh yeah he could traffic someone but really it could be an old grandma or a mom or um, Mm -hmm. even women that are in it then can actually get kind of up on the like the hierarchical scale scale. and then they're actually recruiting other people and trafficking others into it. Because it makes their life better. They're going to mm-hmm. get money off of that. Right, or they're going to keep having benefits, you know, mm-hmm. as um, kind of a higher up in the system. You um, you said the first example, if someone's out on the streets and they look vulnerable and hears, oh, I'll befriend you, mm-hmm. and that grooming process. Um, I know the, of, of stories here in Ecuador of young women being on the bus and being targeted on the bus, like, mm-hmm. oh, this guy just keeps showing up on the bus, the same bus as I'm on. What a coincidence. But really, they're being stalked. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But So that type, you, you called it the grooming process. Tell me a little bit more about that. Yeah. So it's basically like just I did, they're going to target someone, right? And so, for instance, there's <laughs> a lot of things like in the Mall of America, for instance, there's trafficking that happens there in Minnesota. And a guy will stand, you know, on one of the corridors mm-hmm. and to every single, you know, woman, young woman in a certain age range, he'll say something like, oh, like looking good or like just some type of comment. And uh-huh. the ones that are like, like, like if that happened to me, I'd be like pretty rude and be like, uh, this is awkward and I'm still walking ahead. But the one that's like, oh, thank you. Like, da, da, da. Oh, that you know, is like, a, like, it's a, like that first contact of like, oh, she actually like wanted that attention and mm. like needs that attention, you know, okay. um, versus someone who is, you know, maybe more confident in themselves, has like fulfilling relationships that are telling you you're loved, you're beautiful, all of that. Then they're less likely to fall into that. Mm, okay. um, yeah. And so grooming is like, you kind of, they're identifying who might be vulnerable and then they're building that friendship, that relationship. They're and they filling really some type of need. And they just as terrible as they sound. Like they're going to dead, dead out lie to your face to try to create a relationship based on trust when actually there's zero. Mm-hmm. Is yeah. That, is that accurate? Yeah. And there's even like, there are guys who are, that's their whole job is to like basically get in a relationship with a girl and then at a certain point, bring her to a place and then she isn't is trafficked and not even with him anymore 
So that's the whole like, okay, you can go stay with my grandma. You, we really should get you out of this terrible situation, whatever it is. This girl runs away from home, whether that's in Minnesota or here in Ecuador, mm-hmm. to go be with the love of her life. Her right. this, this boy that's promised her everything, and he's ne- he she never sees him again ever again. Right. Yeah, that'll happen. Or you know that person themselves is. It could be if they're part of like a bigger organized crime, that might be what happens. So there's like the big organized crime where it's connected wow. to that. And mm-hmm. so, for instance, you can sell a drug once, like you sell whatever, cocaine, it's out of your hands, it's to the next person. You can only sell it once, but you can sell a body over and over and over and over and over. And so it's one of the largest criminal industries in the world, and so a lot of them are connected to bigger criminal networks. Have Uh, you guys, uh, I don't even know, I don't even want to know the answer to this question. (laughs) Have you seen that in here in Ecuador? I mean, the reality is, is that that's the reason why Everything we do is very confidential. The location of the home is confidential. We have had women that are connected to people that are trying to fall, trying to find them that are connected to, to like gangs and like bigger organizations. Yeah. So everyone pray extra hard <laughs> 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 for Hannah and her team and, and all of that. Yeah. Yikes. Okay. So that's how someone falls into trafficking. They have a need. Mm-hmm. Whether it's something, a, a huge need of a house to, to live in or a food to eat or a smaller need, which is sometimes just as big, but we call it a smaller need, right? <laughs> of that emotional yeah. well-being, knowing that someone loves them or cares about them or is interested in them or mm-hmm. any of that. And then they get tricked. Yeah. I mean, and trafficking really can look a thousand different ways. Um, like refugees, sometimes they come to a new country and then someone offers them a job and then they take their papers and they're like, you have to work for for me because I have your papers and Mm -hmm. you don't have, you know, any legal documents. And it's like they're holding that over their head. So there's some type of vulnerability there. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, but I mean, yeah, and like just it's so multifaceted. And so I think the solution too is so multifaceted. Yeah, absolutely. We've talked several times. Um, we've certainly have uh, mentioned Casa Dalia and Esme in other shows earlier. And, and we, Casa A and Casa G, the, the home for former street boys, you guys are not connected, but work in similar um, situations and support each other when possible. Mm-hmm. Um, but we have often talked about how our hope and our goal is the preventative side to help a young person through education, through the network of a church, yeah. through the network of a school, mm-hmm. so that they would not be vulnerable, that it would not hit a crisis that would land them in a place that post-crisis they would be in Casa Gabriel or Casa Dalia or Esme or any of those branches. Mm-hmm. So that preventative hope and goal, but we are thrilled and very grateful that we can partner with incredible ministries like Esme um, mm-hmm. to help post-crisis as well. Um, and we we talked about the four different areas, and we talked about how Education Goals Hope is involved in all four areas of the Esme ministry. Could you walk us through how someone who's involved with Education Goals Hope, how they can support uh, all four of the areas of Esme? Yeah, so... We are just super, super thankful for a partnership with Equals H. And, <laughs> um, and just a note before I get into that about the prevention, I mean, education is super key um, to preventing human trafficking and to helping someone to not be vulnerable for this situation. So mm-hmm. what you guys are doing with providing education for so many people around the world is 
huge in preventing human trafficking and in, and just in really being part of that solution um, that the whole world needs, right? I mean, mm-hmm. we talked about, I think in the first episode, there's around 40 million people in slavery today. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if we can prevent it from ever happening, that's way better point to step in, right? Yes. And unfortunately, because it's happening, that's why we need ministries like ours, uh-huh. you know, to actually help on that other side. But it's a huge, I mean, providing education makes someone way less vulnerable to these mm-hmm. things. So it's super, super cool. Um, but specifically with our ministry, so Casa Dalia, all of our women uh, go back to school. So most of them have anywhere from a second grade to maybe a 10th grade education mm-hmm. level, and they're adults. And so we're getting them into programs for adults to continue and kind of do something similar to their GED, right? Mm-hmm. And so education equals hope, um, supports that education process and those yes. costs and um, covers our education costs for the women to continue um, Do you know what your education budget is for the house, for the that portion of it? Um, and you could go look it up. You, I shouldn't have put you on the spot. <laughs> I know that you know. I know that you have that number. Yes, I have the number somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> but it actually does depend on the situation. So if some of our women do accelerated, so it's like uh-huh. three years in one, and okay. then other ones, it's mm-hmm. better for them to do year by year. Um, and and so, it also depends on the number of kids you have in the house because we support the education of, of those in preschool. and Yes, and, exactly. Also that. So, yeah, the children, um, as you have learned with education <laughs> equals hope, that there are costs, uniforms, school supplies, fees, all oh that. Oh, my gosh, yes. And so it definitely adds up. And thankfully, education equals hope through their grant just mm-hmm. covers all of those costs for the kids as well. Yes. Yes. Um, so, yeah, that's with Casa Dalia. For Caminos de Libertad, it's very similar. Um, so we also want them to be able to continue um, in their basic education and their children. Mm-hmm. Um, and then kind of for both programs, we also have that a lot of times it's really practical for them to study something like a trade. Yeah. So like go to study beauty school or uh-huh. cooking or computers or whatever, and that that will be really practical for them um, in finding a job. And uh-huh. so Education Equals Hope also um, covers costs for those type of things. So right now we have a girl who's completing beauty school mm-hmm. and Education Hope Equals Hope has been pivotal in just providing the funds for her to be able to do that. Cause and here's a shout out to all of her donors, some of whom yeah. we know are listening and <laughs> they know who they are and we're not going to say her name for obvious reasons, but yeah. thank you, thank you for those yes. who have made that beauty school part possible. Yes, thank you so much. <laughs> yeah, so that's very similar between the residential and non-residential programs. Uh-huh. And then with Amadas, um, so we have relationship, I mean, not deep, but with about 400 people in prostitution. Oh, my word. Wow. 400? I mean, I yeah. know that's been how many you guys made the for the Christmas party this year. Yeah. So at Christmas, we reach around that number, and it's really sweet. We have time with all of them, and as much, like this last year, because of COVID, we had a volunteer spend one-on-one time with every single of the wow. 400 wow. women. Um and so we do those Christmas parties in brothels, um, and it's just a sweet, sweet time to reach all of them. And then throughout the year, we're and they talking- close the brothels. P.S. So they close the brothels. Sorry, we're not uh, we're not uh, serving any clients right now because our girls get uh, yeah. our women get a Christmas yeah, party put on Christmas by Esme. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we've been doing that for a number of years, and it's super sweet, sweet time with them. Um, and then throughout the year too, we're going, I mean, in the pandemic, we've gone less down actually to visit them, but we're generally going every two weeks. And then we have a mother's phone, which a lot of them are reaching out on and we have mm-hmm. contact with them. 
Um, and that's been definitely a lot more during the pandemic of just, you know, everything shut down. And so being able to, for them to have someone to call oh. and just talk and process and we can pray oh. with them is so sweet. Um, so yeah, so how education fits into that is we've been doing, um, our main thing is kind of like a school supplies mm-hmm. help um, at the beginning of the year for yeah. a lot of the different families and kids. So a lot of a lot of these women have like four or five kids. Oh. And so, I mean, as you've probably learned with Equals Age, it's a lot of money when that all comes yeah. together oh, yeah. for sure. school supplies and uniforms. And they don't, they're not making that much. Um, and even the school supplies, we haven't really talked about this before, but even, even though it's online, they still need paper and pencils and mm-hmm. erasers and markers and crayons and, yeah. and things like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we have been doing kind of like a school supplies help for a certain number of families mm-hmm. um, each year. And it's just a way that we can step in and keep those kids in school that are kids of women that are currently in prostitution. prostitution. And really, we don't want them to actually say, oh, I want to go to the woman who's in prostitution. I want to go live in that house. I didn't raise right. my hand and, and have it and say, send me there. Yeah. And these kids are born into the situation and then trying to prevent as much trauma uh, for them before hopefully hopefully they can break the, the cycle in some way. And as you said, education is one of the best mm-hmm. ways to do that. Yeah, and exactly, like hoping that they have more opportunity. And like even when you talk with the women that are down there, a lot of them, you know, have second grade mm-hmm. education, third mm-hmm. grade education. Mm-hmm. And so how are you really going to get a different job like it's just mm-hmm. very difficult at that level of education and even that level of just I mean I've gone to appointments with women where they have you know the the forms to sign at the beginning of the appointment and they uh, they like can't really read them and they're like mm-hmm. how long do I have to fill this out because I this is gonna take me like <laughs> so long to read this oh, and it's yeah. like oh yeah even like just barriers to other services because of that lack of education mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so that's how we help with Amadas and our dream is that we could potentially help more in more areas with these women. I mean, Mm -hmm. there's so many of them. And so to just see how we could continue to step in with them and their kids. But our idea is that maybe down in the center, um, we could rent a space and have different services out of that. And so Mm -hmm. even having potentially like academic help, like tutoring or, you know, just something. For the women themselves or for their children. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of dreams there. (laughs) I love the dreams. And the fourth area um, is Esperanzart. How does E equals H support that? Yeah. So we obviously make the jewelry here in Ecuador. And then a lot, a lot of our sales are in the U.S. And so the teams that come down with Equals H, they actually help Woo-hoo! bring the jewelry to the U.S. <laughs> We're mules. No, wait. <laughs> yeah, we do the good, the, good, the good part of helping take the jewelry back to the U.S. as well. Yes. And then also just buying jewelry. And um, I'm, yeah, just we're thankful that any teams or visitors that Equals H has that they have the opportunity to buy jewelry and every sale helps pay for their for their the girl salary the women's salary and yeah the, the women's salary and the services that that we provide for them absolutely wow i love the fact that uh equals h is involved in all four of these areas if you would like more information on how you can support casa dalia esperanza art amadas or caminos de libertad all of that under the esme and slavery ministries ecuador uh, banner please reach out to us on our emails are on 
the website, Cameron at educationwashope.org or Celeste at, edu- at educationwashope.org will get you connected to Hannah. And if you would like to donate and be part of that solution uh, for these ministries, please go to www.educationwashope.org and find the Donate Now button. We'd love for you to join us in this ministry. Hannah, thanks for being with us. We're going to come back one more time with Hannah and hear some of her stories of victories and some of the stories of setback in this ministry. Um, But thank you so much for being with us. Thanks for listening to our Hopecast. If you want to join the mission or know more about it, please visit our webpage, www.educationequalshope.org or check our YouTube channel and Instagram with the same name.